Yo, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Fam. It's your boy Stu. And this is the place where we have incredible conversations that's relevant, that's resourceful, that's righteous and real without being reckless. We are joined today by my friend and inspiration, the wonderful, imitable, uh, Reverend Trioka Boatwright. Yeah. What's up? What's up, Stoop? Not much. How you doing today? How, how's everything? What's, what's life well. like? All is well. Went to a really empowering women's um, lunch today. Cool. Women in business lunch today. It was really great. Cool. See all of those women in that room. What y'all eat? Uh, ooh, we went to Fat Man. So, of course, okay. we had some mac and cheese. We had some stream beans, ooh. salad. Yeah. You know, they had some chicken tenders and some little baked fish. You know. Okay. 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 So, what's a morning routine for you? Give me morning routine. Like oh. you, to get yourself started. For a day to get you right before you show up to work. All right, cool. Morning routine around 3 34 o'clock. I wake up, do a little that meditation. Early. I wake up that Ooh, early. Let's go. Do a little meditation, a little yeah. prayer, you know, read my scriptures. I don't read scripture all the time. I may read a book often, cool. but I do my workout. I created a gym in my garage. So I go do my workout. Um, me and Bella go outside for a little walk. Cool. And then I'm and Bella's. Work. Bella's my little grand dog. Grand dog. Okay. What kind of dog is it? A Shih Tzu, right? Well, let me just say. Oh, a little baby mixed. joint. I got. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. Uh, what do you call them? They're mixed. She's a Shih Tzu mixed with um, a, a Yorkie. Yeah, she's a Shorky. A Shorky. Shorky. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a Shorky is. Does one get bigger than the other? Mm, she's I mean, still little. Little baby still dog. Cute little. Mm-hmm. Okay. Little girl. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's incredible uh, to have you with us today on Let's Talk Fam. And so for the listeners, for the people, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do at TAB. Okay. Um, as you stated, I am Trioka Boatwright. I'm one of the associate ministers here at Tabernacle, but I also am the coordinator for our Circles of small, um, circles of Growth small groups here as well. Um, I love life. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I have two adult children, mm. 27 and 24. And in June, I will be a glam mother of a baby boy. Hey, let's so go. I'm excited about a little junior coming oh, into the world. Oh, that's incredible. Um, I absolutely just love ministry. I love people. I'll be honest with you. I love people. I have a heart for people, no matter um, men, women, boys, girls. I just love people. Um, I work at Textron, you know, um, Textron Specialized Vehicles here in Augusta. I am the talent management and the dip specialist there. Mm-hmm. Um, actually helping to develop all of our people so that they can succeed and, you know, and what they're doing. And that's a part of my ministry as well, just developing people mm-hmm. so they can be their best self in whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll never forget. Um when when whenever like the preaching moment is going on and I come in and we sit down, we'll talk about the sermon. Mm-hmm. And you're a preacher too, so you left that out. You you're a preacher. Did I? You I think you I left said that. associate minister. Yeah, but you ain't say you're a preacher. You're a preacher. Right. Well, I'm a preacher teacher. Yeah, How you preach that? it. You I are absolutely a love to teach though. Yeah. Um, but I can preach. PG told me to stop saying that I'm not a preacher. Yeah, you are a preacher indeed. So um but I absolutely love to teach God's word. Um, if I'm pushed hard enough, I, I may give you a little hoop every now and again, okay. but you know, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, you uh, you when when you were preaching, uh, whose story did you preach? You Mary. Pre- you preached Mary, yeah, yeah, from the first person, yeah, first time ever doing that, too. first time ever doing that. Mm-hmm. Wow, so speak to that, like in some sense, like 
I mean, you're a preacher. You, you, you're, you're in, you know, corporate America. That would be considered right. corporate America. And you tried this way of preaching for the first time. So I want to hear a little bit about, like, the ability to adapt and adjust in various moments. I got it from and the, PG. And the importance. I'll be honest with you. That yeah. came from PG. Um, I, I will at least speak with him a couple of times out of the year in regards to what is he doing, like, you know, to be strengthening himself. And um, he just basically stated to try new things. So when he gave us that assignment mm-hmm. to preach Mary, and as I thought about it, like, hey, we're telling the Christmas story, so who better to tell Mary's story than Mary, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. we don't really hear it from yeah. her side. Mm-hmm. So I'll say for about a month, but especially that week before, I was in character mode. Everything mm. I did, I was thinking about yeah. what would Mary do, wow. you know. So um, a lot of research, yeah. but I, I really felt that for people to hear her story coming mm. from her, Mm. Um, it would leave an impact on them and it would mm. influence their life. So they would mm. now not only look at Mary as being Joseph's wife or yeah. Jesus' mother, yeah. but hey, I got a hold. I was Miriam. Yes. I was Mary yes. before I became Jesus's, you know, wife or I mean, Jesus' mom or Joseph's mm. um, wife. So for me, it was just really and truly getting people um, to walk with her mm. to see exactly who mm. she was before. Mm you know, she became what we know her as. No, that's good. And I think about it's women's history. It's March the 15th. It's women's in the middle of women's history month. And we're talking about just the need for, you know, women to have narratives of their own uh, beyond the dominant narratives, beyond just men being able to tell their stories. Mm. And it reminds me of this incredible book that I absolutely love and return to again and again and again and again, um, it's entitled In Search of Our Mother's Gardens mm. by Alice Walker. And it's, it's one of the things, I, and I'll read from it, is, is, is the way in which she describes black womanhood. She uses language as such as committed to survival and wholeness of entire people, male and female, loves music, loves dance, loves the moon, loves the spirit. Loves love and food and roundness. Loves struggle. Loves the folk. Loves herself regardless. So in Women's History Month, you preaching Miriam and Mary. I, I want to move into like the importance of Women's History Month and women being able to tell their own narratives, especially within the church. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go there. All right. It's important, you know, let's be honest, um, you wouldn't be here without your mother. Facts. Right? I wouldn't be here without my mother. Um, So when we even think about Adam and Eve, right, Um, we know where Eve came from because God felt it was necessary Mm. for him to have um, a a suitable mate, Mm -hmm. a helpmate, right, Mm -hmm. someone to walk alongside him. So I thought that was important. Mm that God didn't even forget about us, Mm. right? And so oftentimes when we read the Bible, we see a lot of patriarchal in the Bible, right? But then I also see where God did not forget about women, you know? And so even today it's so important that we even um, celebrate Women's History Month because even still now in 2022, Mm -hmm. women are still forgotten, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Women are still looked over, right? We are still passed up for promotions and we are still told to be seen 
and not heard, right? Mm. At that tender age of nine or 10, mm. where they began to tell young girls, hey, yeah. we need you just to go in the room and be quiet, mm. right? And for so long, we were tamed. Mm. We were in this cage because we have been taught by society, mm. and hear me well, um, also some perverted Christianity um, religion mm-hmm. that women were not supposed to have anything to say, right? Because we even still have some churches today where feel women should oh, not yes. be preaching. Oh, 100%. You know, yes. um, I remember when um, my forever pastor that licensed me into ministry was very clear to tell me, never think that it's okay for you to show up at a church and go into the pulpit because everybody doesn't, you know, um, mm-hmm. re- respect that, right? And so I learned from that. Mm-hmm. Out of respect not to do it. Mm-hmm. However, um, I just think it's important that as women mm-hmm. – we are heard. We can be seen, but we can be heard as well. Nice. Reason being is we have something to say. Yes. Yes. Indeed. 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 And it reminds me of this moment in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a big 70s stand. I love the 1970s. There's an image of my mother and my father uh, in the 1970s. My mother has on a blue dress. Um, no, I think my mother has on a black dress. Actually, she has on black dress, red lipstick. She has a nice Afro. My dad has an incredible Afro. His shirt is open. He has this blue, like tight suit with bell bottoms on and they're going to dance. And I oftentimes ask my parents about those moments to tell me stories about that moment, what it was like to be who they were in the 1970s. And if people know about like the 1970s and 1980s, this was a moment where, you had all of these cultural revolutions where people who were oftentimes silenced, whether they were uh, black, whether they were women, whether they were gay, they were oftentimes silenced and they said no more. And out of this movement, particularly in the church, came womanist theology in the 80s where black women, I'm thinking Renita Weems and uh, Stephanie Buchanan Crowder, I'm thinking uh, Katie Cannon, where black women were like, yo, Y'all think, you know, we should not be in a pulpit, but we actually have personhood. We are Mm. people. We are full. And you can't say you love Jesus and only love a part of me. So I'm thinking, like, what are even today you think you speak of these challenges, uh, particularly what your your forever pastor say, like he could acknowledge Mm -hmm. the gift that is in you. Mm -hmm. But then it can only be affirmed in certain spaces. So I'm wondering like for us as churches, like how can we be more affirming and create more space? And I'm not even saying simply, you know, like, yo, teach us as as like churches. But I think like there can be something powerful about thinking about how you think about affirmation and not just saying women's history month, but actually trying to in, create an environment where women can flourish right we have to debunk what we've been taught Mm. right Mm. um and what that means is erasing you know all of the things that we've been taught um, that women can't do and what Mm. where's women places are Mm. right because realistically if we were all made in the image of god Mm. we all are something like our father Mm. right so we're all should we all should be level playing right Mm. um so I just feel that 
honestly, number one, you have to have an open mind to debunk oh, facts. the things that we have been taught. And then just be willing to do it too, right? Because oftentimes, you know, we want to keep people in seclusion, in a place where they've always been, um, because that's just the way that things were. Mm. And why change it now? Mm. But why not change it now? Challenge yourself and say, why not change it now? Mm. You know, so I, I just think that um, it's not so much of sitting people down in a classroom and mm. teaching them. Mm-hmm. I feel it's about really having that foot action, right? Mm. And just really and truly just making those moves. You know, I'm grateful for Pastor Goodman, mm. you know, even Pastor Lockett, um, mm. my forever pastor, where when I first told previous pastors that I had been called into the ministry, they said yes to my face, mm. but then went behind my back and said some things to other people. Mm. And I'm from Thompson, Georgia. So it's a very small town. So it yes. got back to me. Mm. So when pa- I approached pastor Lockett and it was just like, Oh, I was just waiting on you to come. So for him to even affirm, mm. you know, my call um, took me under his wings and then coming here and pastor Goodman basically giving me the autonomy mm to work the gifts that God had given me mm-hmm. um, and then even helping to develop me as well. I feel that's a way that even here at Tabernacle, let's be honest, um, that we are really debunking mm-hmm. some of the things that we've been taught. And we know how we bring in female pastors mm-hmm. to come and preach. Lady Leah and the sister sisters yeah. are just Tabernacle, yeah. right? Yeah. So just knowing that there are some doors mm-hmm. um, that are being opened um, that, we don't always have to kick doors down. And like Shirley Chisholm said, if they don't want to give you a seat at the table, mm. at this point, women are really and truly mm. bringing their own seats mm. to the table. But realistically, we're not even asking people for a seat at their table. We're yes. creating our own tables yes. and bringing our own seats at this point. That's real. Yeah. That's real. So how do you see this? Like you're in a, you're in an important position in corporate America. Mm. What is that like showing up as a black woman in, in in that space in corporate America? What is it like? I mean, um, you can be as honest as you want to be, um, you, 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 as, as honest as you want to go into that. I absolutely love it. Yes. Because I use this phrase, you didn't hire me to come and make people comfortable. Mm. You hired me to come and shake some things up, right? Mm. That's what Jesus Oh, we need up. that on the shirt. Oh, absolutely yeah, right. Put it on the shirt. Somebody you know, who's listening, we need the yeah. we need the merch. My job isn't to yes. make you feel comfortable. If you are uncomfortable with all of my realness, with my blackness, with me being a beautiful black woman, right? That is your problem. Mm. But I'm going to help you learn to be uncomfortable, be comfortable in your uncomfortability. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. And so, and I'm okay with that, right? So I'm never going to anymore because I used to. Mm. I'm not going to dumb myself down anymore, mm. right? I'm not going to act like I don't know what I know because you want me to say something yes. that you want me to say. No, we're not going to do it that way. Mm. So for me, showing up in corporate America, honestly, it is great yes. because what gets to happen is um, other women, right, that are there that felt that we could not be in corporate America. We couldn't be in a leadership role. Now they're seeing this is happening. We have young girls, right, in, in um, elementary school. They're seeing this. My daughter, mm-hmm. right, finished college. They're seeing this and realizing I don't have to settle for less, mm-hmm. right, right? Um, the ceiling is not even the limit. Mm. The sky is not even the limit. Mm. Um, we put limitations on ourselves, right? Mm. And I oftentimes do think as well in corporate America um, as women, and it's not just black women, mm-hmm. but it's women. Yeah, indeed. Right? We, for instance, I remember we were doing an interview 
for a position, and it was a, a senior le- a senior leader position, right? And I remember the women saying, well, we don't want to hire a woman. We need a man to be in this position. Whew. I had to ask the question, <laughs> what, why would you need a man in this position? Because as women, we're too emotional. They're not going to be able to lead. Well, I beg to differ. Because hmm. men are emotional, too. Oh, they just show it a different way. 100%. Right? So oftentimes, as women, we don't realize that we're prejudiced against each other. Hmm. So hmm. we hold each other back, or we have the potential hmm. um, to hold each other back. But I think we just have to learn really and truly that um, we are each other's keeper. Hmm. keeper. Mm-hmm. And until we can learn that as sisters, right, mm-hmm. um, pretty much men are going to continue to feel that they dominate mm-hmm. certain fields. Mm-hmm. And that's just my truth. Nice. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And you speak of this language of sisters. What does sisterhood mean to you? Or what is it? Since I, I, lo- I want to not just simply mean to you. I, I want to think about, like, what does it feel like? Because I'm sure there is some woman across demographic, age, sexuality, ability, class, who may be feeling left out. Mm-hmm. They, they may feel like they're disconnected. They may feel like, you know, like, like they're, when they are connected, oftentimes many relationships can be built on envy, mm-hmm. competition. So what does sisterhood feel like? And encourage a young, a young or older woman, um, single, married, boss working for someone else right about sisterhood what does that feel like sisterhood feels just like what it states where um, you're covering your sister she's covering you right Um, when there are opportunities um, I am my sister's keeper because I am my sister Mm. the things that my sister is probably going through either I have been through Mm -hmm. or I'm going to go through Really good example, um, at the onset of this pandemic in 2020, my son went through some um, mental things, right? And that's personal. Mm-hmm. So you really don't want to share that because we're in a black community. You don't really, really want to share yeah. that. However, I had a group of women that I mentor. Who better to call than those women? When I couldn't pray for myself, I knew that I could reach out to my sisters because when I couldn't get a prayer through, I knew that they were going to be able to get a prayer through mm. for me and for my son, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sisterhood is pretty much, um, I feel, I treat them as I treat my own blood sisters. And there are mm-hmm. different levels of mm-hmm. sisterhood. Let's mm-hmm. be extremely honest. Mm-hmm. You may have someone that's in your inner circle, right? Um, but then you may have someone that's not in that inner circle, but I still consider them to be my sister in general because if I can help them, I'm going to make sure that I do that. And I hope that it's vice versa. But I'm not helping them because I'm wanting something in return. Mm-hmm. I'm helping them because they are a sister, right? Yes. So it's not transaction. It's not, no. Because for me, is if uh, this is what I've learned in life, we should have a mentor, a coach, and a sponsor. Oh, that's right? beautiful. Yes. Um, and I heard that today at this Women Leadership. But I've also, um, I'm, I'm experiencing that myself because I have a female coach, I have a female mentor, right? And then I also have a male sponsor, Mm. you know? And what I realize is if I have this in my life, then another woman is going to need this as well. Mm. So I can be all of these things whenever Mm. they may need me to be that for them. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not transactional, as you mm. stated. It's really and truly making sure that I am making room. I'm creating a path mm. for the next woman, right? Because mm. mm-hmm. I think that's so important because yes. oftentimes we don't do it. Because yes. you mentioned the word competition. I don't have time to compete. Oh, 100%. There's no need to. Mm. There's enough room for all of us. Mm. But we, we often don't believe that, though. Mm. And I think that's one of the challenges that we feel like there can only be one of us in this position. Uh, we feel that there can be only one black woman who's leading or one black man who who's who's leading or one black person who can be in 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 leadership or the main dominant voice. But I think there's something to be be said about this idea of sisterhood, of mutuality, of mutually learning from one another. And you alluded to it when 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 you spoke of earlier in in Adam and Eve. And I think a lot of people, uh, misread the Bible to think that the Bible, when they say someone suitable for Adam, mm. that God has ordained Adam to be in charge when mm. in, in, in actuality, that's just not life. Oftentimes in my case, right. you know, I, I am the one as a, as a man in my family, mm. I'm the one who stays home most right. of the time. Um, and, and, and even early on in our marriage, there were non-traditional ways in which like, we learned how to be together. And I think that's so important that like to debunk these both social and I would even say theological and religious norms is to lean and press against the ways in which we've been taught how to compete against one another. I agree. Um, I don't, I don't see the need to compete. Right. Um, And we think when we're thinking about kingdom, there is room for everybody in the kingdom. Right. And so what I realize um, is my way is not the only way, mm-hmm. right? I also realize that my way may not be the right way for everybody. Mm. So there are yes. other people, right, that have great ideas, right? Mm. If, if um, God, God didn't only um, sharpen the minds of one man or woman mm. to be a physician. Mm. We have several, Thanks. right? So I think it's the same way when it comes to anything, mm. Right. You are a great podcast host. Right. You are a great writer, mm-hmm. but you're not the only one. Oh, 100%. Right. I feel that I am. I'm a woman mm-hmm. and I'm a black woman and I am strong at times and I am weak at times. Right. Mm-hmm. And I realize that even though I have a lot of strengths, I have a lot of weaknesses as well. And what I learn is wherever I'm weak at, I'm going to go to another sister where the areas where I'm weak, mm. I'm going to go and see how I can capitalize off of what she may be doing. What can I learn from her so that I can be better, like make better on my weaknesses as well? And I think too often, you know, we get into this competition mode. And that's one thing I want to say about women. We have to get the negative thinking, debunk this thinking, thinking, right? Mm. That think. Everybody is talking about you. Everybody yeah. don't like you. Yeah. Half of the time, we're not thinking about you. Hey, that's real. Right? That's real. You know, just be about your business. Do that's what nice. you have to do. Let everything else just take care of itself. I could really and truly, as a woman, mm-hmm. I could care less about what the next woman has to say about me if it's negative. Mm-hmm. Right? Because mm-hmm. I'm always doing um, my spiritual checkups, right? Always. I'm checking up on myself to see where I am and where I'm not. Right. And if one thing I also want to say is I'm going to support women, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely going to support, support black women mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. If they're having a conference or an event, 
I don't have to be a speaker. I'm going. 100. I'm going. That's real. Because if I don't support my, if I don't support my sister, who's going to support her? That's real. That's facts. Yeah. That's facts. So to transition toward our close, who's the most influential woman you know? I mean, you could, she, I would be more interested in hearing about a woman in your own family or your community to tell a story of that inspiration. Oh, yeah. It was going to be my mom anyway. Oh, tell us. Right. What is her Absolutely. name? Absolutely. Lavinia. 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 Where's she from? She's from Thompson. Thompson, Georgia. We were born and raised in Thompson. Wow. So between my mom, Lavinia, and my grandmother, Adeline, those are the most influential, um, inspiring women in my life. I saw them work hard, right? But even though they worked hard, this is the most impactful, influential thing that they taught me. Um, it's not enough just to be in attendance. Mm. It's more important to be present while you're in attendance, right? Yeah. Um, and and so for me, that created this thought that wherever I am, to make sure that when I show up, that I'm not just showing up, my body's there, but my whole self has to be present and engaged there as well. Um, because what that does is create an environment where people know that um, you're creating this um, relationship of trust and that they can depend on you in general. And so that's what I learned from my mom and my grandmother, um, just not to be in attendance, but to be present wherever you are. Because when you leave... Not only will you leave an impact, but you will influence someone. Mm. And influence stays with people forever. Mm. Yeah, Incredible. Well, thank you, Reverend Trioka Boatwright, the wonderful preacher, incredible so inspiration bad. in the world, learning to show up again and again. And to our Let's Talk fam, uh, to our TAP family, we hope that you all enjoyed this episode and uh, both men and women uh, can gain so much from what you share, particularly about competition, showing up in the world as your full self, being concerned about healing and wholeness, being concerned about grounding yourself, making sure that you don't just show up, but you are in attendance, that you are somebody who's there. So we hope y'all enjoyed this episode and make sure that you share this podcast, that you share this episode, that you tell people we are talking on Let's Talk Fam updating you on things that's happening in our church, but also having real conversations, righteous and real without being reckless, doing it week in and week out, giving you something new, something true, something I tried to rhyme, but I can't. I love it. Hey, let's go. <laughs> but we hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Reverend Trioka Boatwright, thank you. Thank you. All right. We out.